0: Hello, this is Chip Alexandru. In this episode, I discuss with Harjinder Sandhu, CEO of Saikara, about conversational AI applied to the medical space to help capture doctor-patient conversations, to help charting. Medical charts are the records of a patient's key clinical data and medical history, such as demographics, vital signs, diagnosis, treatment plans, and all other information doctors captured during or after a patient's visit. Harjinder explains the context of the technology and how advances in digitization of electronic medical records made it actually harder and more time-consuming for doctors to capture the required information. We discussed Saikera's approach to help ease the burden, how it works and ensures higher accuracy from day one, and the benefits for patients and doctors. We touch on future trends, the growth in telemedicine and which online medical interactions are here to stay even after the COVID crisis is over and the broader opportunity of AI to help provide better care. Let's listen to Harjinder introducing himself as Kara. We'll be back with my three takeaways. I'm talking to Harjinder Sandhu CEO of uh, Saykara. Saykara is a voice AI startup in the medical space. It developed the first voice assistant called Kara that captures clinical conversations between patients and doctors to automate uh, physician charting. Harjinder, thanks for joining. Please introduce yourself and uh, Saykara.
1: Hey, thanks, Chip. It's wonderful being here with you today. So a few words about me. I, um, my career in the healthcare space goes back about 20 years. I started my career actually as a professor of computer science, did a PhD in computer science. And then about 20 years ago, a friend and I kind of chanced upon this uh, interesting thing that was going on in medicine, which is that physicians, so when a doctor sees a patient, they need to document that encounter with the patient. And what used to happen 20 years ago is almost all doctors were Uh, here in the US at least, and I believe a lot internationally as well, they would dictate that encounter onto a handheld recorder. And then you would have these transcriptionists that were sitting in the basements of the hospitals, uh, typing up these notes. And then by about 2000, what was happening was a lot of this transcription work was getting outsourced. And it started getting outsourced overseas to India, to the Philippines, to other countries. Uh, And we started looking at this and seeing this trend. And we started asking this kind of naive uh, question at the time is, why aren't people applying speech recognition to this this process? It was naive because back in 2000, speech recognition was very early, was actually not ready, but we jumped in and said, hey, we're gonna solve this. We're gonna make speech recognition work here. And then along the way, we started thinking about, well, what's the next step? Because what happens through this process is you end up with this narrative document, right? You have this note. It could be anywhere from a one page to a three page note uh, where the doctor just, you know, doing a uh, brain dump of this is what I did with the patient, this is what I saw, this is what we, you know, and there's some structure to it, but largely it's unstructured. And we started thinking, well, you know, this kind of narrative blob of text doesn't really help anybody uh, in terms of you can't take any computer system and do anything analytical with it. Uh, And so we said as a second step, what if we were to apply speech recognition to this process? And then as a second step, we were to take this narrative that we're generating and we're, able to break it apart into all of its discrete data and then allow a separate set of systems to actually make sense of this data and use it for providing better patient care for other kinds of things. And so that was our original thesis. We did that for a couple of years, made some progress in the speech recognition domain in this particular area. We ended up selling that company to Nuance Communications, which was uh, and is still the largest speech recognition company in the world. Uh, and I was the VP chief technologist for the healthcare division for a number of years. Uh, and so that was more years of doing a lot of the same kind of thing, thinking about how to apply speech rec, uh, expanding that in other domains within healthcare. Uh, and then I left that and co-founded another company uh, that is automating patient engagement. You know, patient leaves the hospital and you wanna continue interacting with that patient in an automated fashion to make sure that the patient is staying well. And then I, you know, after a number of years of that, and that company continues to grow. It's a company called Twistle. I came back to this space around speech recognition and, and natural language understanding with my current company, with Sekara.
0: This is fascinating. Um, I wish we'd start a conversation, like to start a conversation a bit the broader. Now, where do you see the most interesting
1: applications of AI in the medical space today? So in broad terms, there's a there's a lot of applications of AI in medicine, and broadly you can categorize them as clinical and operational or logistical. So there's a lot of applications of AI that it's trying to optimize the operations of a hospital, for example, and trying to figure out you know, the assignment of beds to patients or how many doctors you need on staff and all that kind of stuff. And that's a really fascinating and separate area. What we focused on is the clinical side. How do we actually help physicians in the clinical processes of what they do. And when you're inside of that doctor-patient encounter, as we are with Saycara, trying to help physicians document that encounter, trying to help them make decisions long-term, that's where I see a lot of the most interesting applications of AI is helping in the decision making of uh, improving patient care. So I think that's, that's a really large bucket in and of itself. And you know what we're doing at Say is a is a part of that process.
0: So, as you mentioned, Saikera is um, addressing an important issue, and this is a helping uh, physician chart. Why is physician charting such a big pain point for the medical uh, profession? And what uh, is Saikera hope to achieve, or how? What how does Saikera uh, hope to help physicians?
1: Yeah. So, interestingly, uh, this is one area where technology has taken doctors backwards rather than forward. So. Charting has actually become a bigger issue for physicians now than it was 20 years ago. So 20 years ago, even 10 years ago, physicians would dictate. They'd spend a couple of minutes dictating and somebody else would type it up and our speech recognition solutions would help in that process. What happened as a lot of health systems started implementing medical record systems, well, the medical record system wants data, right? It it only uh, is valuable if you can put data... And what the health system started saying, and what the electronic medical record system saying, well, you know, this dictation doesn't really help us. And again, you know, going back to the problem of discrete data, the uh, narrative data that the doctors are dictating doesn't give you the ability to use those electronic medical record systems for interesting, in interesting clinical ways. And so they basically said, well, somebody's got to put that data directly into the system, and well, it's you, the doctor, that's got to do it. So. What ended up happening starting about eight or 10 years ago is as these uh, EHRs, electronic health record systems, started um, becoming common, the doctors were told, all right, so you're sitting with the patient, but you also have to document this encounter, right? And so what you found is a lot of doctors left dictation, and they started sitting there in front of their keyboards, and all of a sudden there was this epidemic of physicians now with their face to the screen rather than to the patient. Uh, And this actually uh, started becoming a bigger and bigger issue. Not only that, but physicians were now less productive. They were seeing less patients. Uh, But the worst part of it is that the physicians themselves started feeling like data entry clerks. Uh, And so we heard this over and over and over again is the physicians feeling burnt out. Uh, There was many, many, and there continues to be many industry reports, studies that, you know, kind of document this level of burnout. And the single biggest factor in that burnout is the physicians are spending so much of their time on administrative things. And a big part of that administrative task that they're doing is staring at a screen, trying to document that encounter. So the problem has actually gotten worse rather than better as technology has, has been adopted. And so we began thinking and say, "Care, well, all right. So, you know, 20 years ago when we started this, physicians would dictate and we started applying speech recognition to that. Now what physicians want to do and what they tell us, And you can go to a lot of physicians that see patients and they'll tell you this one thing. I just wanna talk to my patient. I wanna be able to look my patient in the eye and I wanna have a conversation with them. That's what I train for. That's what I'm really good at. Can I just do that? Can you have a separate system that can just listen in and it can figure out what to document so I don't have to uh, sit there either with the patient with my back to the screen or spending my entire evening after I've had a day of seeing patients where I'm just trying to document those uh, encounters.
0: So you touched a bit on, so how does Secara practically work? How does it integrate uh, in the physician's daily activity and the workflow? What do they have to do?
1: Yeah, so that's a good question because it's, uh, it, that's the important part in, in healthcare is making sure that you integrate with the workflow. So I'll say as a caveat up front: so Secara is an AI solution, we refer to as an augmented AI solution, interpreting conversations is an extraordinarily difficult task for AI systems. It has been uh, for a long time. We're getting much, much better at it now. Um, But when we started out, uh, what we started thinking about was, well, we know today that AI systems cannot with perfect accuracy interpret conversations. They have a difficult time with natural language. And when there's two parties involved, it becomes that much more complex. Uh, And so what we said was, what we're going to do is we're going to pair the AI with a human reviewer. So behind the scenes, uh, and we make it clear to the doctors, hey, you don't have to worry about how to speak. So traditionally what would happen if you're trying to teach a doctor how to interact with a speech recognition system, you have to train them, right? You have to say, all right, if you say this, this is what's gonna happen. Or you say this command, this is what's gonna happen, right? And it's a very unfriendly experience for the physician. But now if you think about the, the vast, range of things that happen in a doctor patient visit trying to teach a physician how to say you know you know tens of thousands of different things that they might actually want to document is you can't do it so the only al- alternative is to say to the doctor you don't have to worry about it you just speak the way you speak to patients it's our job to figure out what you said and what we do is we say well the ai's got to learn but in order for it to learn it needs help as well and so behind the scene we pair the ai with a human And we iterate over time for any given physician, we say, we're gonna iterate over time and we're gonna get better and better at interpreting that conversation automatically. Our goal from the beginning, and it always is, we want a purely autonomous, independent AI system, doesn't need any human help, but we can iterate to that solution. In the meantime, our first priority is to give the physicians a great experience. On day one, the physician starts using our system Physicians use this in different ways, but one of the ways that we often recommend is you walk into an encounter with a patient. So if your patient comes into an exam room, the physician walks into the exam room with their... Right now, our system runs on an iPhone. They uh, have our app running on the iPhone. They select that patient by name uh, from a list that we provide them on our app, and then they just turn it on and they can just let it start listening. And while it's listening, it will interpret that encounter Some physicians will summarize the main points because they want to make sure that they get the, that the system gets the right points. So they'll kind of say, okay, Kara, so let me just summarize the, some of the main points we just talked about here. Uh, But they can do that while looking at the patient and talking to the patient and kind of interjecting summaries. Some of them prefer to do some of this, some of the documentation after the encounter is over so they can pick up their phone when they walk into the exam room and they can say, so just let me uh, summarize the, Uh, the assessment plan here, for example. They can do orders through our system as well. So if they need to order an MRI imaging study for this patient, they can just uh, say those. What happens in our system is our system is just an interpretation system. It's interpreting and then it's putting a generated note uh, or an order or a diagnosis directly into the medical record. So as a last step, at some point later, the physician's gonna go over to their medical record system they're going to verify that you know what our system did is correct, and then they're going to sign off on it.
0: Yeah, this is very clear. So now, as you mentioned, uh, patients, I'd like to m- move to to the patients. You are now uh, operating your life for quite some time in several hospitals and clinics. What do you take as the patients' uh, reaction to uh, to being recorded? Do they see a benefit?
1: The patients definitely seeing a, a benefit. So most patients don't object to uh, being recorded. And so what typically happens is the physician uh, will tell the patient, if they're recording during the encounter, again, not all physicians actually will record during the encounter. Some of them just want to do summaries where they're only recording their own voice, not the patient's voice. But if they're recording the patient's voice, they'll give the patient a heads up and say, this is what I'm going to do. What we see from patients, again, patients don't object. Generally, if they do, the physician can always just turn it off and just do a summary after. Uh, but the vast majority of patients don't. The main benefit that patients see, the ones that have are accustomed to visits to the doctor where the doctor has their back uh, to the patient is they suddenly see that the physician is just interacting with them. We actually had a uh, one patient where we were just doing a um, a demo and we asked the patient and the doctor just to kind of do the mock encounter. And the patient remarked after this, because we don't often get a chance to talk directly to the patient, right? Our doctors are our, our customers. That was one of the few times we had a chance to talk to the patient. And the patient said, you know what? I think that was the first time I've actually seen the doctor's eyes. Um, <laughs> and so they were remarking, hey, you know, the doctor was looking at me this entire time. They weren't sitting at a computer trying to type while I was telling my story. So, so I think the patients see that, see that um, benefit when the doctors are using technology like this.
0: You mentioned uh, customers, and I would like to move to uh, customers as well. What type of uh, medical organizations use, uh, say, CARA today? And could you share some uh, success
1: stories? We have actually quite the range. So we have anywhere from large health systems, some of the very large health systems in the country, all the way down to small specialty groups and private practices. And so the interesting thing is that the problem of physician burnout is not specific to the type of organization. It's specific to the fact that you're seeing patients and you need to document that care. We get, you know, again, physicians from across the landscape. What we focus on today is that office visit between doctors and patients. When patients are coming to the doctor's office, we haven't spent very much time within the hospitals, within, you know, doctors rounding and seeing patients in that context yet. But in the in this outpatient side where patients are doing these visits and these consults, Uh, that doctors are doing. That's the space that we focused on. I would say uh, we have a lot of success stories. In fact, every place we go into, uh, I could look at as a success story because, you know, physicians, the biggest thing that they tell us, and we see this across the board, is that they get their evenings back because so much uh, of the physician burnout problem is caused by physicians spending most of their evenings basically just documenting charting, right? They're writing up their notes. So during the day, they might have been writing notes while they're talking to patients. Now they have to go and write those up and put those into the medical record. And we get comments like, uh, I actually, one of the kind of amusing ones was uh, an orthopedic surgeon, you know, he started using our system. And uh, a couple of months after I was talking to him and he said, you know, uh, I was asking him what impact Sikira had for him. He said, I read a book. He said, "It's been 15 years since I've read a book. I haven't had a chance to read a book because every evening I'm spending, you know, charting. I'm writing up what I did that day. And now I," he said, "I started realizing in the last couple of weeks, I'm sitting in my evenings are free. Hey, I could I could do something else now. I can read a book. And so he said that was the first time in 15 years I read a book. I think those kinds of things speak for themselves. But largely, um, every place we go into, that's our number one priority is to allow physicians to reclaim what they call pajama time. You know, that they have have that time to themselves again."
0: Harjinder, I would like to touch on a topic that is much discussed today, uh, that's uh, telemedicine. Telemedicine was gaining some uh, traction even before uh, COVID, and now uh, during COVID, it uh, really surged. Do you see this as a permanent trend, and what could be the implications for uh, patient-doctor interactions and Psycara?
1: So I think there's a level of online visits that are here to stay. So obviously with COVID, this kind of pushed the issue and you know, doctors suddenly started realizing that they had to see patients online. What was holding the space back before? Telemedicine, the technology has been around for a while. The biggest thing that was holding the space back is just the way doctors were compensated. They didn't get compensated for a lot of telemedicine visits. And so that suddenly changed very quickly, very dramatically, right? So that changed. But the other part was a lot of patients and doctors didn't think about You know, as a patient, you feel like I need to go see that doctor, I need to sit with them and I need to explain to them my ailments and, you know, they're going to do a physical exam and all that kind of stuff. Uh, And I think what a lot of uh, doctors and patients are realizing, you know, there's a good, good number of issues that patients have that don't require you to visit that office. And if you think about the efficiency of that process, come and do an in-person visit with a doctor, A, you have to make that drive. And then B, you have to sit in a waiting room for quite some time, and you know it could be in some cases. You know, patients are waiting a half hour, forty-five minutes in the waiting room, and then you see that doctor, and then you're you know going back. So it's a very inefficient process. And there's a certain number of types of visits, particularly the ones that don't require a physical exam. I think you know if there's no blood tests or physical exam or actually touch that's required of the patient. I think over time, all of those are going to move online both the medical establishment and the patients are going to say, why do I need to be there? It's so much more efficient. You know, I'm working and suddenly I can flip over to my Zoom and do that visit with the doctor and then go back to what I was doing. And it's much more efficient for the medical practice as well. So what that percentage is, I think will change as, you know, the healthcare establishment adapts. So I've seen, even when you need to do a blood test, they'll, you know, now, you'll do an online visit with a doctor, and they'll say, hey, well, you can just come in whenever you have time now to go and get your blood tests done, and then you know, we can do a follow-up Zoom to talk about the results. So I think the medical establishment itself is going to start adapting to make the whole process much more efficient for patients. So I, Overall, I see this trend as a really positive trend for, for healthcare, both in terms of cost efficiency and for patient experience.
0: Hardinder, as we are reaching the end, the final question. Looking at the future, where do you see the big opportunities for conversational AI or even broader AI in helping patients uh, get a better medical care?
1: So conversational AI, uh, and when I talk about conversational AI, I'm thinking about something much more sophisticated than the system uh, having conversations with people. It's listening and interpreting conversations. A lot of what happens in a medical visit is today, I think, based upon the physician's own internalized knowledge base, right? It's what they've learned over time. Their ability to draw upon vast quantities of data when they're talking to a particular patient is broadly limited, right? They're seeing a lot of patients in a day. Uh, There's only so much prep and study they can do for that patient's condition, for that patient's personal background, before they go in and do that interaction, as I said, so I think the biggest thing that's going to happen is that as systems get better at interpreting and understanding what doctors are doing with their patients, the systems can draw upon a lot of data. They can go through the entire medical background of this patient and, you know, tens of thousands of other patients like them, and they can start bringing to the doctor's attention things that the doctor might not be aware about about this patient. This patient has a smoking history, therefore, Uh, Maybe this particular treatment is not the best one based upon evidence and stuff like that. So, I think bringing this kind of evidence and data into that clinical encounter, helping to personalize care. Maybe this patient is due for a colonoscopy. Maybe they're due for a mammogram. You know, those kinds of things, bringing them to the doctor's attention so they can address them with the patient, I think is going to, you know, revolutionize the way care is done and the level of personalization that patients are gonna get from their doctor because they'll have this you know, really intelligent uh, assistant that is uh, able to help them gather all the necessary information for that patient.
0: Hajinder, this was great. Thank you very much.
1: Well, it's a pleasure talking to you, Chip.
0: Let's wrap it up with my three takeaways. Number one, despite advances in medical technology for diagnosis and treatment, or for better medical records, doctor and patient's experience did not significantly improve. Saikera aims to solve a big friction point and give doctors back time and attention during or after a visit, which could also improve accuracy of the records and the diagnosis. Number two. Digitization of medical interactions like telemedicine was accelerated during COVID and is here to stay and help improve overall patient's experience in the case of simple no-touch medical interactions. Number three, the biggest opportunity of AI is to enhance physician's knowledge and ability to process large amounts of data. The system will review the entire medical history as well as lessons from other similar patients, and bring to the doctor's attention key points that are relevant for a patient's treatment and diagnosis. This could have exciting implications for medical care overall.